Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're taking a look at three films shot in our home province of Alberta, Canada. First up, Bollywood's first science fiction film, Rakesh Roshan's Koi Nogaya from 2003, starring Rithik Roshan as a mentally challenged man whose life is drastically changed when he comes in contact with a being from another planet. Then, Nagesh Kukunur's 2009 thriller 8x10 Tazvir, starring Akshay Kumar as a forest ranger looking to avenge the murder of his father with his mysterious ability to see the past through photographs. <laughs> and finally, Divya Khosla Kumar's 2016 romance Santa Rain, where soulmates reconnect at an exclusive yoga retreat in Waterton. Yeah, Waterton, Alberta. Unlikely uh, spot for a Bollywood movie to take place, but we'll take it. Uh, welcome back, lovers. It is Canada Day! Hooray! Happy Canada Day! Yes, we are recording this on the afternoon of July 1st, which is Canada Day. It's, mm -hmm. day. it's our national holiday. Yeah. Used to be known as Dominion Day. What happened today, Matt? Uh, we didn't really fight for our independence. I think it's the... Day they signed the Articles of Confederation? Okay. I'm not absolutely sure. Or else they just picked a day. We That's probably more days. like it. Yeah. I mean, I might have remembered this in grade 10 social studies, perhaps, but uh, not anymore. We are bad, bad Canadians. Nowadays, it's just an excuse to get drunk. Yeah, we it is. Drink a lot of beer. The national Canadian pastime of drinking beer. It is. That's probably what we're going to do afterwards. Although you're feeling a little bit sick today. Yes, I've had a head cold for this past week, and I'm all stuffed up, so I'm sure I sound really strange, and forming sentences is harder than usual, and saying foreign language names, or at least foreign language to me names, is harder than usual, so I hope everyone, uh, you know, has some patience for I'm, me today. I'm sure well, our, understanding. I'm sure our listeners will take that into advisement. Yes. They are not going to think you have a weirdo voice like a weirdo. <laughs> yes. Um, we've been looking forward to doing this episode on Bollywood films shot in Alberta. Yeah. this is where we live. There isn't really an Alberta day, really. <laughs> no. But uh, we picked Canada Day to go with it. So Alberta is the province we live in. Um, it's only been around for 111 years. Yeah. Uh, before that, it was part of the Northwest Territories. See, we know some about Canadian history. Yeah. And uh, for you listeners outside of Canada... You'll probably know it best for the uh, <clears throat> the tar sands, the oil sands of mm, Port McMurray yeah. are there. Uh, with that, that's up in northern northern Alberta. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, you might know about the Edmonton Oilers, who are a terrible hockey team, <laughs> and the Calgary Flames, who are almost as bad. And yeah, so we're, you know, we've been referred to as the Texas of Canada. Okay, I looked it up, Matt. Canada Day is a federal statutory holiday celebrating the anniversary of the July 1st, 1867 enactment of the Constitution Act, which united three colonies into a single country called Canada within the British Empire. Okay. It used to be called Dominion Day. The holiday was only renamed in 1982. Yeah, because yeah. They, they took a look at the Constitution again back in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Alberta's very cinematic, though. I don't know if you know this, Matt, but we have the most Oscar nominations out of any other province in Canada. Well, I see you've got a list of uh, movies shot in Alberta. Yes. So uh, why don't you let me know what, what's, what's been done here in our fair province. Um, yes. So if you're interested kind of in other films that have been shot in Alberta, you know, what the province looks like, look to these films, which include Brokeback Mountain, Unforgiven, the recently uh, kind of 
award-winning film The Revenant, The Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. What are your favorite films, Matt? Oh, yeah. I watched about five minutes of it. I saw the beginning, and then I woke up, and I saw the end where he shot him. and like, no, it's a perfectly satisfying film. Don't really know what happens in the middle. Uh, Days of Heaven, Superman, Inception, The Edge, both Game of Thrones and the television show Fargo have been shot here, um, as well as one of the greatest films ever made, The Searchers. Yeah, for Game of Thrones fans, uh, some of the places that Daenerys goes that are kind of desert-looking, where there's these weird shapes called hoodoos, which sort of look like a smokestack made of stone, Mm -hmm. which I think those all come up in all three of the movies we're talking about today. But uh, yeah, I guess guess the third last episode of Game of Thrones, based on this season, uh, Daenerys went to Alberta. So you you can imagine... Uh, what it looks like around here, although that's southern Alberta. Yeah, the, a lot of films are really used in the natural landscape of Alberta, mm-hmm. not so much of our cities. So we're in Edmonton, which is the um, northernmost city in Canada with over a million people, I believe. We are the capital of Alberta, with something Calgary will never, uh, you know, let us live down yes. or always be jealous of forever. <laughs> yes. And the majority of Films, um, including the ones that we're going to talk about today, are shot in and around Calgary in the mountains of um, Banff, Canmore, Jasper, and then the Hoodoo's in Drumheller. And then as south as places like Waterton. So we're quite known for our natural beauty. I would say we're quite proud of how attractive our province is, Matt. Yeah, we actually went up to the mountains a couple times this year already, and it was was nice. Uh, We didn't run into any... um, beautiful Bollywood people there, no. but, uh, you know, here's hoping. And a lot of Westerns are shot here, obviously, because there are a lot of planes. <laughs> yeah, and small towns that are still kind of kept in Western style, which yeah. we'll talk about one of those in a minute, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Well, those are some of the high-profile American films that have been shot here, but there's been quite a few Bollywood films that have used Alberta as a backdrop. Unfortunately, we couldn't get our hands on all of the Bollywood films that have been shot in Alberta. So the episode was somewhat dictated by the three that we had the easiest access to. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did want to mention two that we weren't able to see. Um, the first one is Tumbin, which translates to Without You. came out in 2001. And it was a bit of a sleeper success, a surprise, surprise success at the box office. They're currently working on a sequel. Mm. Uh, it's shot and set in and around Calgary. And you can see Calgary of the Mountains in a couple of the songs, um, Choti Choti Ratin and Piar Humko Hon Laga. So we'll link those. The film that I really wish we could have seen is Humko Diwane Kar Gaye, uh, which means You Make Me Crazy from 2006, starring Akshay Kumar and Katrina Kaif. And I have seen all the songs from this film, Matt. There are a lot of songs. And I don't know, this movie just looks like mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It's shot and set in and around Calgary, but Pasha Bass is also in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a bit of a, I, I'm assuming it's a bit of a love triangle between the three of them. I'm still hoping that we can see this. But yeah. the songs from this film have a lot of energy and really showcase, um, you know, the, the great landscapes that we have here in Alberta. And who doesn't want to see Katrina Cave dancing on a bunch of hoodoos? Greatest among our landscapes in Edmonton, of course, is West Edmonton Mall, which at one point was the biggest mall in the world and is still pretty big. Yeah, it's still pretty big. Um, We've grown up with this landmark, so it was kind of cool to see 
Akshay Kumar and Katrina Cake running around West Ed in the song Tam Jo Na Ate. Yeah, if you listen to the song, well, if you watch it on YouTube, you'll see uh, some landmarks in the mall, including uh, a recreation of the Santa Maria from uh, Christopher Columbus's ex. ex- Expedition, yeah. and I think they which is right in front of uh, the movie theater, which at the time was known as Silver City. Yeah, we've been to that movie theater many, many times. Uh, and they also walk over because there's a large pond type area where this boat is. I don't think the boat is floating. I think it's just kind of built into it. Yeah. But they also have uh, submarines that go around down there, or at least they did back when the song came out. Yeah. And they uh, they walk over the footbridge around there, which is right next to the Orange Julies. And they go to the water park, mm-hmm. one of my <clears throat> least favorite attractions in Edmonton, which is full of the terrifying water slides. I love the water park. Erin uh, doesn't really like uh, swimming because she doesn't know how. <laughs> no. So, you know, that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, if you're ever in Edmonton, you know, let us know. <laughs> we'll, we'll hang out with you if you come by. Uh, it's go to the pirate ship in West Edmonton Hall with you and reenact the scenes of Action Kumar Paternicate. Yeah, of note, though, they don't actually let normal people on the pirate ship. You can rent it out for birthday parties. Yeah, but I don't know if we could rent it out to show, say, someone from <laughs> Pakistan who comes all the way here who wants to go to West Edmonton Mall. Why not? We could throw a birthday party. Okay, well, <laughs> if, if you're coming all the way from Pakistan and you want to see a pirate ship... And, you know, or pay money to go on anywhere it. else. We have a lot of international listeners. Yeah. But uh, if you want to do that, yeah, let us know. If you make the if you make the pilgrimage to Edmonton to meet us, I mean, I think we owe you a pirate ship. Uh, some of the other songs where you can see uh, Alberta and mostly Calgary include the title song, Humko Diwania Kargai, which includes a sad version where they're in the Calgary airport. I mean, I don't think I've ever been happy in the Calgary airport, so that makes sense. Um, Fana, Fana, Ya Dil Hue Fana, which I think is my favorite of the songs. Is that the one in the junkyard? Yeah, that's the one in the junkyard. It includes Katrina Cape dancing on the hoodoos and then them kind of doing um, uh, Kanye West, Kim Kardashian bound style um, motorcycle trip through, you know, again, like this spectacular open skyline. That was really interesting that. Perhaps Kanye West had seen You Make Me Crazy because about, you know, eight, nine years before Bound 2 came out, they're doing the, you know, ride around on the motorcycle move. So, um, I'm not going to lie, better with actually Kumar and Katrina Cave, you know, on the highways of Alberta. I like it. Well, yeah, the video for Bound 2 is kind of shot in a strange <laughs> way, so. Um, there's also uh, Dula Dengue Tamko Sanam, which I believe is the one where actually Kumar is moping around Calgary and it includes uh one of these includes a scene where for some odd reason um a bunch of white people in Calgary are all making out and actually I think it was that one yeah yeah um if you watch that one I have never seen that many white people making out it might actually be the title song Humko Dewania Cargate point is one of them involves moping around Calgary and a bunch of other couples making out around him we will link in our description um, all of the videos to these songs. If you are here in Alberta, it's kind of fascinating to see the way that your backyard, your hometown can be exoticized. Yeah. And I think it makes you aware of how Western films exoticize other places. Oh, of course. And the way that uh, space is used in these um an example was Doom 3, where they drove right. all the way from Chicago to the Hoover Dam in, like, an afternoon. Yeah, we've um, that, too. Yeah, in, in these movies, you know, we could tell, oh, well, 
the space and time of Alberta doesn't really matter because it's more fun to jump around and use different shots. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, linearity is for losers. And if you're not from Alberta, take a look because you can see kind of where we're from. It's it's it was really interesting for us to watch these. Yeah, especially watch the one at West Edmonton Mall because <laughs> I've spent many 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 hours there, and I, I like it a lot. Yeah, I I like it a lot because they have a movie theater there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that takes us to our first film, Matt, and I'm going to give him my voice a break because it's sounding funny. Why don't you explain Koi Milgaya? Sure. Which translates to I found someone. Okay, so Koi Milgaya, I found someone, uh, was directed by... Have you found uh, I'm still looking. Okay. Um, <laughs> I haven't found someone in the way that Hrithik Roshan finds someone in this one. Okay. Um, well, it's directed by Rakesh Roshan, his father, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. And stars Hrithik, Pretty Zinta, and Rekha. Um, it was the biggest movie of 2003 and won a bunch of aware- awards at the Filmfare Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Choreography, Best Actor, and... Um, best Actor Critics. Best Actor Critics. Yeah, because they give two um, Best Actor Awards, so the critics pick one and oh. the one, and he won both maps. So it's kind of like the Golden Globes, where the Hollywood Foreign Press picks something, but they just smashed it together. Yeah. That makes sense. He won both. Yeah. Uh, the, it's based on a short story by Satyajit Ray called The Alien. Yes. And it is set in a town called Kasoli, which we figured is maybe in northern India somewhere. Um, yeah, it's over kind of on the, um, western side, um, not quite as north as, say, like, Punjab and Shimla, Mm -hmm. um, but still pretty north. But, uh, of interest to us for this episode was that all the songs were shot in Alberta in various locations. Uh, the movie was a big comeback for Rithik Roshan, and was... To my mind, anyway, kind of the unlikely progenitor of one of the biggest series in Bollywood, the Krish films. Mm-hmm. So the the Krish superhero movies were spawned from this one, which has some things in common with E.T., let's say, if you've seen E.T. Yes. So You only saw E.T., what, maybe a year ago? Two years ago? Five. Ah, well, it, <laughs> it, it, it was less than that. It was five years ago because it was the first summer that uh, we were in the Garden Theater. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, you, you, I, I saw it when I was growing up, so yeah. you saw it as an adult. But the movie takes place where Rithik Roshan is a man who has a mental disability where he's essentially a child in a man's body. Mm. And this... He's kind of like Jack. He's kind of like... For films. Well, he's a reverse Jack because right. Jack is a child. Oh, no, he's a Jack. He's totally a Jack. You're right. Uh, but he gets this way after his father, who is a um, scientist who's exploring um, sound waves in outer space, uh, he makes a phone call essentially to space and someone calls back. Using a Kraftwerk song. Yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a very similar situation to Close Encounters of the First Kind mm-hmm. where... Third Kind. Third Kind. Yeah, First Kind is getting abducted. Um, where, no, it's not. Third kind's getting abducted. First kind is, like, seeing a UFO, I believe. I had no There's, idea you knew this much about no, there, Oh, I, I, I used to love reading about UFOs and getting abducted and stuff when I was younger, so mm. this is definitely on my alley. Watch X-Files, you know. But um, his father has a sort of six-note um, sound machine where he plays a tune. Craftwork too. It, it really is a craftwork too. It's a song by Craftwork. That's yeah. interesting. But it's um, it gets repeated by the aliens, which is the same way they communicate in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. Um, and the aliens actually show up and 
attempt to abduct uh, his father and his mother, who he's pre- who, who's pregnant at the time. But what happens is they crash their car and his mother falls on her front, kind of squishing the Rithic to be mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hurting his brain in the process. So he grows up with his father dead, mother terrified of aliens for pretty good reason, and um, with a mental disability because of this accident. Yeah, I should say, like, it's not entirely, like... Jack and Francis from Coppola's film. Yeah, he doesn't have the Jack disease of yeah, being, uh, progeria. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't age fast. He ages normally, but his mental capacity is stalled. So his mental capacity is stalled into that. So it seems like he's been in grade 7 for about 10 years or so. Yeah. Um, he's friends with all the kids in town. All the adults... Uh, his status as an adult is kind of weird because in some scenes it, it feels like the villager types know that he, you know, has a difficulty. Other times they're like, oh, hey, it's another adult. Let's talk about adult things. And he's completely confused. So um, anyway, Rithik, through a bizarre series of events, ends up calling the aliens again. He wants to learn how to use a computer. And his yeah. computer teacher won't let him because yeah. he's dumb. His asshole computer teacher won't teach him how to do computers. So he finds his dad's old computer and plays the song, which his mother has taught him to play on the piano. And the aliens come back and drop off a little alien dude. Jadu. Jadu. Which means magic, I believe. Yeah. So or at least according to our subtitles. So Rithik and all the kids in town become buddies with Jadu. <laughs> and that's about halfway through the movie. Lots of stuff happens. It takes an hour for this alien to show up. Over an hour. <clears throat> yeah, it's mostly like a, a character study of how tough it would be to be a guy with a mental handicap living in a small town yeah. and being bullied and a new girl in town, pretty Zinta. And Jadu recognizes that Rithik Roshan is suffering from a mental disability and essentially cures him and turns him into a superhero. There are some ethical quandaries that this movie presents. Also, Jadu has a double thumb like Rithik's, right. so they have that in common too. But it And the, I found someone is referring to the r- romance that he has with Preeti Zinta. But he also found Jadu. He also found Jadu. But it, 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 you know, it, it is a little bit strange that, you know, he's become uplifted by this alien. And, you know, that's great. He seems to, you know, his, his life turns around. It's not like things were going really poorly for him. He was just kind of sad. Um, but the alien can't stick around. The alien can't stick around, and it comes down to deciding should Jadu go back to his family it or. Has to. Home. Yeah, or should he stay with Rithik Roshan and keep him a genius, essentially, and super strong? Yeah. But Pretty Zinta is falling in love with Rithik before this happens, which yeah. our friend uh, Devin, who we watched this with, who was on our episode about Vishal Bardwaj, found quite disturbing. And yeah, it is, a little bit. Um, I'm sure it's something that has... Just a- that was morally and ethically problematic. Yeah, and it's. I guess it's probably something that has happened in real life. But there are implications when someone is essentially a child and is in a relationship with an adult. Yeah. So, speaking to the E.T. elements of this film, this was oftentimes called a, you know, Bollywood ripoff of E.T., Bollywood's version of E.T., but supposedly it is based on the story The Alien by Satya Ray, which is an unproduced project of Ray's that he claims... Steven Spielberg actually ripped off. Mm-hmm. So this film kind of has a really interesting lineage. I imagine it's very, very, very different than the film that Ray would have made. For example, Ray's film would have been set in a Bengali village. Mm-hmm, probably. Yeah. 
Um, and I think had more to do with the villagers and their interaction with Jadu as well as there being a um, character who is mentally disabled. I don't know if he would have been like a fully grown, you know, attractive man like Rithik Roshan. Mm-hmm. Um, but supposedly Ray says, you know, that that script was floating around in Hollywood. And then when Spielberg came out with E.T., he criticized Spielberg for plagiarism. Ray passed away, um, I'm not quite sure when, but at some point between E.T. coming out and Koi Mogaya. But supposedly Koi Mogaya is based on or inspired by the alien. So it has kind of an interesting um, lineage. lineage. Yeah. 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 So I don't think it's easy to say this is. Bollywood's ET, and it's actually very different than ET. Yeah, and I would be, I would be interested to see more of uh, said yeah, just Ray's sci-fi stuff turned into movies because I know he wrote a few more stories. Mm-hmm. He wrote for kind of like the astounding stories or thrilling stories, like mm-hmm. those sort of magazines. I believe his father owned a publishing company, something like that. Well, but based on this film, do you <coughs> really want to see more Bollywood science fiction? Films? Well, I, no. I don't know if I'd want to see more adaptations. I, I'd like to read the stories okay. and see if maybe something could be there. It does seem strange to me that uh, um, that it took this long for a Bollywood sci-fi movie to come out. I feel like this is probably like the the high-profile one. Yeah, I don't know if this is true that it's because you do see that right. Yeah. Like they say this is the first one. Exactly. But it seems like the first one they want to admit to. Exactly. I don't know if technically this is the first Bollywood science fiction film, but it was touted as that. When it came out. And it has spawned the Krish series. So we were really interested to see this film. Partly because the, all the songs are shot in Alberta, which we will get to. Mm-hmm. But also because we really love Krish 3. Krish 3 is this kind of amazing, silly, and weird movie. And this is nothing like Krish 3. This um, is a really interesting... Um, I don't know, just... It's not a prequel because it came first. But I just have to... I feel like it just takes a left turn after this. Well... I mean, we haven't seen Chris one, no. but we we all watched Chris three for a, uh, a thing we wrote for the pulp. So Alan Mont, who was in our episode yeah. about uh, Sonny Leone, was there, and yeah, we all watched it, had a good time, drank drank a lot of cocktails that night, and I feel like this explores the distinction between a kids movie and a comic book movie, right? Because Koimo Gaia feels like definitely like a kids movie. It, it almost does, yeah. it feels like. Maybe a story that Rakesh Roshan is telling Rithik Roshan so that he feels better about his finger mm. or his thumb. Because, you know, the alien has that and it's about a guy who's different from everyone else, but he's got an inner strength. You know, it's 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 very much a story that you would tell a child. Yeah. Whereas Chris 3 is a story you would tell a child in a different way. Just, you know, shoo, blah, 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 having fun action and stuff. It's very comic booky. It's very superhero-y. And this is not. Like, the kind of superhero elements... He becomes kind of a advanced human in a way. You know, he develops strength and speed and higher intellect. He could basically but fly like Chris does. he never becomes like a vigilante. He never does a mask or anything. So. Even though there are some village toughs who are in need of an ass-kicking. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, he, he does beat them up, but it, it, it is when provoked. Again, it never becomes a superhero film. And I think having seen this film, I never would have guessed that they had built a superhero franchise out of it. Yeah, it is strange. Um, we should say that the Krish in Krish and Krish 3 is uh, 
Rithik. Like, is the character that Rithik is playing here his son? Also played by Rithik. Yeah, so Rithik Roshan plays both his father, who has the encounter with a Jadu who is mentally challenged, and his son, the superhero Krish, who, I mean, when we finally see Krish, we will know, but I'm assuming, you know, gets these powers from his father. It also seems like his father becomes smart again, too, because yeah. by the time of Krish 3, he's an eccentric genius with kind of the same mannerisms he's he so had when... He's childlike in Krish yeah. 3 there, whereas here... After Jadu kind of performs his magic, he's not as childlike anymore. No, he's just a cool hero. Yeah. Um, he even um, he even calls himself a Bollywood hero at some points. Yeah. What did you think of Jadu? Um, Describe Jadu for us. Now. Well, Jadu is, is he as cute as No. Uh, Jadu is the alien in the film. He's a small blue guy. Um, it kind of he kind of looks like a baby version of the diva from Fifth Element. <laughs> Yeah, cross with um, those creatures in Star Wars that were hoods. Oh, Jawas. Jawas. Yeah. He may maybe a little bit of a troll in there too. Yeah. Uh, it's you know it's a fairly impressive uh, uh, costume. Yeah, I, it's an animatronic. Yeah, I, I, ne- I never thought it looked really fake, apart from you know being an alien. Yeah. But it, it it gets the job done. And from what we read. They actually had to tone down some of the scenes with Jadu because he was stealing the attention away from Rithik Roshan. This is amazing, by the way. Yeah, so this really had to be a big comeback vehicle for Rithik Roshan, who had only debuted a couple of years earlier. But he had, you know, some big successes and then just this series of flops. And so people were saying that the age of Rithik Roshan was over almost as even as soon as it began. Mm-hmm. And so he really needed this big comeback vehicle. And I guess Jadu was stealing some of the scenes, so they actually cut some scenes with Jadu, and they altered his voice. So instead of using a voice actor like they initially were, who you know were, was speaking Hindi, they instead used a robotic voice mm-hmm. that makes him less human and less personable. Yeah. Well, exactly, less personable. So you know, I think in I'm, an effort to like really build up for the Groshan, they really crippled this film. And I almost kind of... Well, it doesn't seem to, you know, stop the film from being a huge success. It hasn't stopped the film from being a huge success, but watching it now, I think I would prefer the film without Jadu. Like, Jadu is just such a weird element. I want to see a movie based on the making of this movie (laughs) where Rithik Roshan gets continually frustrated by how much everyone likes the alien. He's, like, talking to his agent or his father, who's directing the film, and saying, Dad, 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 this alien is... You know, stealing all my scenes. Yeah, he's, step, he's stepping on my toes here. I gotta, you gotta, you know, stop the alien. And maybe, yeah. maybe Jadu is real in that movie too. Maybe. Like maybe they think he's an animatronic and he's actually an alien. I think my movie sounds pretty good. Your movie does sound pretty good. Okay, what did you think of Alberta? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, the it's, it's strange here how the film is set in Casali. It's placed in Casali, it's shot in Casali, but every song sequence they go to Alberta. Yeah, I mean, this happens a little bit in 8x10 Tesvir, too, where it's tough to tell where things are taking place. It's only because we know what southern Alberta looks like. Yeah, it's very clear that 8x10 Tesvir is completely set in Alberta. Yeah, but But some of the Indian, some of the parts supposedly in India look like they're in Alberta. Yeah. Whereas in this one, you know, there is a tonal shift uh, between India and Alberta. Well, it's. It's like any other Bollywood film when then suddenly they're in Egypt dancing by the pyramids. Or, or Switzerland. In Switzerland yeah. dancing by the mountains just here 
it's Alberta. And I think it's just a bit more jarring to us because it seems so incongruous mm-hmm. to see, again, this exoticization of Alberta, to see, you know, people doing Bollywood dances on the hoodoos and, you know, by the mountains and in these forests. Yeah, I mean, we've been to a lot of the locations that they're dancing in, so yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I guess it's just something you would get used to if you were Swiss, for instance. You would see yeah. various mountain locations and you might think it's funny, like, oh, why would they go there? It's so much cooler over there. Like, yeah, it it's weird, but I got over it. It did become my favorite part of the film, I think, partly because I... I mean, aside from the basketball scene, mm-hmm. uh, the thing that I... I was most looking forward to was every time that there'd be a song sequence and they'd, they'd go to Alberta. Because I think Farrakhan and Corey these, but I think they look great. The songs um, are pretty good, yeah. There also is a really good one that is <clears throat> shot in Casa Leach. So we shouldn't say every song sequence goes to Alberta, but a lot of them do. But there's a really good one shot in Casa Leach that's very un-American in Paris. Yeah. Where Ritha Groshan is kind of doing, you know, like a Gene Kelly thing, which I really liked. And Farrakhan choreographed this, and I think... The song and dance sequences really are one of the highlights of the film. Yeah, I would definitely go back and watch a few of the songs, but I don't know if I watch the movie again. No, this is a strange movie. Yeah, um, there is the you know the the sort of ethical quandaries about uh, messing with someone's brain and also falling in love with someone who is not working at the same level you are essentially. Um, but there are. Tonal shifts that even for a Masala movie seem a little bit crazy. I wouldn't yeah. say this is a Masala movie, but it does have that wacky shift from, you know, playing tricks on Johnny Lever to uh, wondering if the alien is going to be okay. By the end, um, unlike an E.T. where uh, the FBI shows up and puts them in quarantine... In this one, they explicitly want to kill the aliens. So there's a bunch of army guys showing yeah. up, shooting everybody. Rithik has to kind of solid snake his way into an army base and steal. It, it gets surprisingly violent at yeah. the end. So it for a kids movie. Yeah, I, it felt very. Um, to me, this feels like a kids movie, but I don't know if it was made to be a kids movie. Yeah, it feels very much like a 1980s Australian kids movie. Kind You're, of like a BMX Bandits type thing. Yeah, uh, it's a BMX Bandits if Razor Scooters had <laughs> come to <laughs> Australia, and that was the big thing to yeah. do. Um, what do you want to say about this basketball game before we head to interval? Uh, due to a variety of strange events, uh, Rithik gets challenged to a basketball game with his rival, who's the town bully, and they bring Jadu in a gym bag, and Jadu enchants <laughs> Rithik and the, his bunch of kid pals with uh, essentially sort of anti-gravity powers so they can jump really high and, you know, do layups from across the court. And it, it's funny. It, it's sort of like if the magic, the Harlem Globetrotters were magic. And it's also funny to see a group of grown men playing <laughs> uh, basketball against magic kids. Like... Uh, it's it's never it's something I've never seen outside of like Teen Wolf or uh, Air Bud where Space Jam Space Jam yeah it it's a fun scene. Uh, would you recommend this film to people who are interested in the Crush series? Because I kind of feel like you don't need to see it to, to appreciate Crush three. I mean, we haven't seen Crush one yet, but there is a recap that basically explains everything in Chris 3. So I don't think you would need to. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that brings us to Interval. 
We are going to play a song from Santa Marie. We chose this song specifically because the scene in the film is very Alberta. And so it's kind of this uh, fun road trip from Strathmore to Calgary, although they go to Drumheller. Again, the logic doesn't make much sense um, if you know the landscape, um, but it includes kind of like a powwow scene with some Aboriginal people riding, you know, on horses with a shirt on, showing off all those great muscles. I mean, that's how I got here today. Yeah. Uh, the hoodoos, as well as some of downtown Calgary. So we'll include the uh, video link in the description for the episode. And this is Gazad Kahain Yedin from Santa Marie. <laughs> So that was Gazab Kahin Yedin from uh, Santa Maria. I'm sure I butchered that one. But uh, before we get to Santa Maria, we're going to talk about, to my mind, the most interesting of the three movies we watched. Really? Uh, yeah. I think this is more interesting than the Magical Alien movie? This one... You know, I was kind of not on board with it, but then I definitely got on board. And of the three, this is the one that is completely set in Alberta, from start to finish. Doesn't go anywhere else. Apart, Although, apart from a flashback. Apart from a flashback, which is still clearly shot in Alberta. And for some odd reason, there's a scene with palm trees. I don't know where those Yeah, I think that was some B-roll, like maybe. It's one shot. It might be stock footage. Yeah, I think it's be just yeah. stock footage. But anyway, we're talking about 8x10 Tazvir. Um, directed by Nagesh Kukunur, starring Akshay Kumar and Aisha Takia Azmi, who uh, eagle-eyed listeners, you know, that's that's how you listen to things, will remember from our discussion of Wanted with mm-hmm. uh, Danny Bose. Um, and this uh, movie came out at the same time as the first Fast and the Furious and did really, really poorly. But yeah, well, Fast and the Furious is a huge franchise in India, and I guess even the first film was very yeah. popular. And it, but it remains one of Akshay's favorite movies. Yeah, he said this is one of his favorite films that he's worked on. Um, it's a strange movie. I'll tell you why. So Akshay Kumar plays a forest ranger. Yeah, Jay. Named Jay, who lives in Alberta and is extremely good at forest ranging. <laughs> yes, I uh, love the opening scene of the movie. In, a, in an opening scene that like recalls maybe a Bond movie. The, the theme song also kind of felt like a Bond movie to me, too. He encounters a guy who's hunting bears and goes above and beyond to get the evidence to yeah. show that this guy's bad. But anyway, in addition to being the most committed forest ranger in the world, uh, Akshay's Jay has a superpower. Uh, he is able to access the memories of people who he sees in a photograph. So if he picks up a picture of you, he can look at what you were doing from that picture being taken for about a minute forward. Mm-hmm. Any more than a minute, he gets in trouble. He gets he, He's in risk of being stuck in the photograph world forever, one presumes, because we don't actually really find out. No, but <coughs> after he does this every time, he needs some sort of blood transfusion. Yeah. I'm not sure how he's lo- losing blood by... Traveling to the past, but he is. Yeah, his his superpower is not amazing in that he usually wakes up in a hospital, but 
I'm guessing maybe his blood evaporates out of him. No clue, though, really, how that works. But anyway, he's able to go inside of photographs and then see what the person saw. And he uses this power to, for instance, find a trapped hiker. Mm-hmm. Which is relevant if you're a forest ranger. Yeah. But um, in an increasingly improbable turn of events, his father is murdered while sitting on his boat in his exact sitting spot on the <laughs> boat, which is a railing right at the front. Yes. And, and his father is the CEO of Can Oil, a private oil company. Yeah. Could it get any more Alberta that? Very topical. So a you know prominent oil executive is murdered on his boat. There was a photo taken immediately before where the his father is with his his mother took the photo, but his his uh, friend is there, his uncle is there, his dad's lawyer is there, yeah, and his dad he is there. Sign, he, right before he is. Potentially murdered. Mm-hmm. He was going to sign some papers to amend his will. Mm-hmm. So I think his lawyer would have to be there to like witness that or something. Yeah, and um, yes, the it's kind of like uh, Gosford Park or um, possibly an Agatha Christie movie where sure. where numerous people have a have a grudge against the the deceased and. Right. Uh, Spoiler alert, a few, more than one person was involved in maybe taking the father out. Yeah. But anyway, Jay is driven mad by this and has to figure out who did it. And... Driven mad. This detective shows up. Oh, yeah. Happy with an eye. Happy with an eye. And he just kind of becomes obsessed with it. I don't think he's quite driven mad. Well, happy with an eye was driven off the force for some reason. He left willingly, leaving behind his girlfriend in Calgary, Sally. Yeah, his girlfriend Sally with an eye, one presumes. No, I think it's with a Y. I don't know. That's called a joke. Oh. Anyway, um, yeah, so this renegade cop gets on the case, and the first half of this movie, even though it's strange, got a little dull for me. The second half of this movie, things get interesting. The reveals of the third act, even Matt couldn't predict them, Yeah, uh, are kind of insane. It, it reaches uh, the levels of race... Where yeah. a bunch of very strange things just start happening and... A lot of strange double crosses. Yeah. Uh, so much so that we've initiated some security procedures here at uh, Bollywood is for Lovers. <laughs> uh, we won't get into them in case our enemies are listening, but we have a few ideas. So if you look at our Twitter account, you might see what we're up to. But I don't really want to spoil the, uh, the movie. No. But, yeah... Um, I, what did you think of 8x10 Tazvir? Well, I will say, of the three films, this is the least pretty. Um, mm-hmm. it, they don't really use Alberta as kind of an exotic landscape, like I think you see in the other two films. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the one whose plot I kind of got into the most. I don't know, maybe it's because I like murder mysteries. I also thought that actually Kumar gave a great performance at the center of it. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely kind of like a, a B-budget picture. It's not really A-level. Mm-hmm. But I really thought that like he was convincing. And then in kind of the third act reveal, I, I thought he had a really great energy. So I enjoyed watching him on this kind of paranormal murder mystery. It feels like it might have been a... It's, it's pretty murky to watch. Maybe shot digitally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it doesn't take full advantage of... Alberta's locations, but no. that's kind of a strength in that it, uh, to us anyway, it shows us places we've been and, yeah. you know, 
It's does it, it doesn't really yeah it doesn't really you know stretch the bonds of the imagination apart from the fact that he has superpower yeah yeah like it doesn't really do anything with the location it's just set and shot in Calgary and kind of a, the surrounding areas it kind of looks like Canmore Canmore Banff maybe Jasper yeah um, and I'm sure it looks great but it doesn't look kind of like you know awe awe inspiring I think the way that other films make Alberta look. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's because our lives, you know, aren't full of these awe-inspiring landscapes that I kind of relate to this a bit more in terms of kind of location of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's nice to see a murder mystery set in a place that you've actually been to that's just three hours away that you have a connection to. Yeah, I have for sure been to one of the bars that a uh, pivotal scene takes place in in this movie. Yeah. It's on Stephen Avenue called the James Joyce, so I've been there. You know, included Canadian flags in the background and the Alberta flag and have pictures like of hockey players yeah. and uh, yeah, Alberta license plate. Lots of hockey stuff. Yeah. Although at one point they talk about a mile marker on a trail. There'd be no mile marker. We don't use miles here. No, we use kilometers. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, but the the story, it's it's a silly, you know, kind of B budget thriller, but. You know, sometimes those are enjoyable. And I, I just, I really thought that at the center of this, Akshay Kumar gave a really convincing, really energetic performance. And, you know, as we've said on the podcast before, I usually hate Akshay Kumar, and I'm always looking for films where he stands out to me. And I honestly felt like he was giving a better performance here than even the film deserved. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird premise, but he does sell it. If he wasn't in this film and at the center of it, I don't think this film would work at all. Yeah, it, yeah, basically, it, it, it seems like he maybe made, made this movie to go on vacation in the mountains, um, <laughs> and he, he seems like he's, he's having a good time riding on bikes. I mean, he and, must like Alberta, he's shot two films here. Yeah, I, I wonder where he stayed. Yeah. Jasper Park Lodge, maybe? Banff Springs? Uh, well, I mean, it's mostly in Calgary, so. I think, what well, was it this one, there was a scene at the Banff Springs kind of uh, waterfall? I think it was. Maybe. Yeah, but I, I've been there as well. So, yeah, um, probably mostly of interest to actually Kumar completists or yeah. people who like seeing Alberta in movies yeah. like us. You, you want to watch a movie shot in Southern Calgary? Yeah. Uh, exactly. Or, I mean, I don't know, if you like, you know, twisty murder thrillers. This Supernatural pretty, thriller. Yeah, yeah, this one's pretty twisty. <laughs> it's very twisty. But I would say anything overly interesting in the script or the cinematography or the direction. Apart from the idea itself, there isn't really much of interest yet. No. Also, I have no idea where they're docking this yacht or, like, where they're sailing in. Yeah, that... We should look at the credits again, but I'm wondering if that was shot in B.C. Because that's strange. Like We have no giant bodies of water. Alberta is I mean, a landlocked fair, province. We don't know a lot of CEOs of private oil companies. Yeah, not since the incident, that's for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe there is a place where all these rich folks park their yachts around Calgary. I mean, geography doesn't lie. There isn't really... <laughs> there isn't ocean access here, and I can't no. think of any lakes that big. But, yeah, yeah just, a, just a side note. Just a side note. We have no idea. If you know what lake... <laughs> That, uh, that actually Kumar's father is parking his yacht on. Yeah. Parking his yacht. I know nothing about boats. Mooring his Sailing yacht. Sailing his yacht on. Yeah. Let us know. Let's get to our last movie, though, which I think was the best looking of all of them. Koi Gaia, we watched 
on a DVD that was kind of stretched in a weird way. I couldn't get the image to yeah. look correct, which I and I can imagine if it had been remastered, maybe it looked good or it looked good in the theater. Well, but Santa Ray looked on thirty five. Like I yeah. imagine if we had seen a um, yeah, like a remastered print, yeah. that this film would look great. But the disc that we took out of the library was scratched to hell, and we thought it was going to kind of stop working at some point in the film. We were just happy to get through it. Yeah, but uh, Santa Ray actually looks quite good. Yeah. The cinematography is excellent, and the location photography is excellent. Unfortunately, none of the actors are really worth a damn. No. I found. No, well, and, and talk and talk about no, even Rishi Kapoor was kind of phoning this one in. Yeah, that's but uh, talk about weird twists. This one potentially has one of the weirdest twists I've ever heard of in my life. Which you called? I'm going to spoil it because fuck this movie. No <laughs> one's going to watch it. Uh, but uh, Santa Maria was directed by Divya Koshla uh, Kumar. A woman directed this one, which is always nice to hear. And she appears in her own item number. Yeah, check out the item number because she looks great. Excellent dancing. Um, you know. The, I, the music in this one, while kind of you know, forgettable, was at least energetic and fun. Yeah. And it stars Pulkit Samrat, Urvashi Rotella, Yemi Gotam, and Rishi Kapoor as another saucy grandpa. <laughs> yeah. So coming off of uh, Kapoor and Sons since 1921, Rishi Kapoor is a grandpa who lives in Shimla-esque type village. It's mountainous. It is, yeah. It's It's snowy. I'm pretty sure it is Shimla. Yeah, in India. It's kind of... It seems like in Shimla, everyone dresses like a hipster. Everyone's got those uh, newsboy hats, and everyone's got, uh, you know, suspenders. And Rish Kapoor is, he runs a uh, photography uh, establishment. It's a mountain. Every time we see a film set in Shimla, I really do think it reminds me of Jasper. Yeah. But uh, Rish Kapoor owns a uh, uh, photography store there, and he, uh, you know, hangs out with his grandson, who eventually becomes the main character of the movie when he grows up. And his grandson... Uh, Two films about photography this week. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his grandson uh, uh, asks his grandfather to tell his fortune, and his grandfather says that you'll fall in love with a girl who lives 500 steps away from this spot, or from the store, and but you'll never have her. Yeah. And you'll know that you love her because your heart will skip a beat or something. It will, will beat loudly. Yeah. You'll be it, you'll, you'll know. You'll know, yeah. Anyway, uh, this is <laughs> like a 45-minute flashback to get all that information. Right. In which case, afterwards, uh, Pulkit, uh, playing um, Akash, uh, is working at some anonymous uh, corporation in India in, in the future, the present time. I'm assuming it's some sort of telecommunications firm? Telecommunications or bank. Usually the two things you get in a Bollywood movie. Yeah. And he is tasked with uh, going to Alberta to go to a yoga retreat run by a former madam to a find sex yeah, a yeah former sex addict madam type to find a Miss Pablo, <laughs> romance her, and then get a get the contract for this company. Yeah, her and he does it. Her ex husband needs to sign something, and they need to convince her. I don't know. Point is, he travels to this yoga retreat. In Waterton, where they do very little yoga. Waterton is a picturesque little town, uh, kind of very close to the U.S. border, but yeah. still in Alberta. And uh, most of the action is set around the Prince of Wales Hotel, which is one of the classic railway hotels. Mm-hmm. Beautiful place. And I think the movie does take full advantage of the scene. The scene. Yeah, it does. Uh, I would say the landscape here 
we didn't really enjoy the plot of this film or the acting, but we appreciated looking at how pretty it was mm -hmm. and, you know, going across highways that we drive on ourselves. So that was, that was kind of interesting. At this yoga retreat, he connects with the Ms. Pablo, who turns out to be one of the girls he knew as a child in his hometown. And then the other girl that and he... And she may, yeah, she may or may not be his soulmate, or... Is it the other girl who turns up at the yoga retreat who is also from his hometown? Yeah, so this movie kind of plays with the premise that comes up in a lot of Bollywood movies that either you can tell exactly who someone is based on what they looked like when they were six, or you have no idea whatsoever. Yeah. And the like the central you know question of the movie is based on can he remember which girl he liked when he was six, and he has no idea, like he can't tell them apart. Well, to be fair, it wasn't just a girl that he liked when he was six, because he eventually grew up to be a teenager and was in love with this one girl, Shruti, played by Yami Gautam. Mm -hmm. And he had to, he was sent off to um, the city. I can't remember if it's... And he's going for school. Yeah, he was sent off kind of overnight, and he didn't tell her, so he's kind of abandoned her. I mean, he could have phoned her later. Yeah, but the point is, like, these characters all did get older in this town, so they kind of knew what they looked like as teenagers. So I'm going to spoil it right now. He has no idea who Miss Pablo is. Yeah, that's true. Who he presumably grew up with and went to school with. Not a clue who Miss Pablo is. Yeah. yeah. Shruti, yeah, he knows what she looks like. Because he recognizes Shruti right off the bat but he has when she no, shows up at the yoga camp. He has no idea that Miss Pablo was his childhood friend. Yeah. Not a fucking clue. And that her place was 50, or what is it, 500? 500, 500 steps, steps away, away yeah. from the photography studio. Yeah, and buddy, Miss Pablo, she's in love <laughs> with you, she's rich, she doesn't live in the crappy old town, you know, go with her. But he ends up going with Shruti. Yeah. And really yeah, I'm going to spoil the ending. No, no one wants to see this movie. So the people might want to see the movie, Matt. Okay, well, the ending of this movie is absolutely <laughs> gobsmacking, and I can't believe that anyone has ever done this willingly. What happens essentially? Yeah, it's it, it, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's what Nicholas, what happens in the movie? It's Nicholas Sparks levels. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's talk about what happens at this yoga camp in Waterton because this is unlike any yoga camp I could ever imagine. As I've mentioned, we haven't we, yoga. we haven't been to a lot of yoga camps though. So, but it is again uh, run by a former sex addict who also kind of has a side business in hooking one up people up with their soulmates through the use of footballs. Yeah, in Alberta we call those soccer balls. Yeah, sorry, madam, soccer balls. Yeah, yeah. Somehow through like magic soccer balls, you find your soulmate. Like. Everyone has to grab a soccer ball, and the name on that soccer ball is the person that you're meant to be with. And then you get dropped. This is all part of the yoga retreat. Yeah. Which also includes, like, cuddle therapy and, like, splashing around in the water. Yeah. You get, so, matched up with, you know, your soulmate, and then dropped up in a random city in Alberta. And left to cause havoc. Their random city turns out to be Strathmore. Which is more of a town outside of Calgary. It's kind of a tourist town, basically. It looks like an old west town. Yeah. And in Strathmore, the, the, the strangest thing happens. And it's very, like, totally inconsistent with the rest of the film. So they Yeah, it takes about 20 minutes to become a Benny Hill-style comedy farce. And then goes back to the Nicholas Sparks-esque romance. Yeah, so they meet this fat gay Mountie 
Who who is wearing the red serge, which uh, um, you know traditional Mounties don't wear unless they're in the mounted ride. Like it, it's like it's like uh, someone wearing their dress uniform all day. Exactly. And Trudy decides to punch him in the face because you know she wants to cause mischief. She's a magic pixie dream girl type who wants to live life and have experiences. Yeah. He then puts the couple. In an old-timey jail. To be fair, he does live in an old-timey town. <laughs> so does. that's probably the only jail he, he has. in an old-timey town. He then accosts our hero with a kiss. Well, no. What happens is, Shruti looks at uh, the Mountie's fingernails, sees that they're painted, and says, Hmm, I know what will, will arouse him. Then she starts making out with uh, Akash. Akash? Akash starts making out with him, gets her lipstick all over his face, and then the Mountie puts two and two together and thinks, oh, he's one of my kind. Pretty offensive, actually. It is pretty offensive. I'm going to say just because you paint your nails doesn't make you gay. Yeah, I have painted nails right now. You do. Anyways, so... (laughs) Not that there's anything wrong with painted nails or being gay. Yeah. But this movie would have you think the opposite. Exactly. So then this fat gay Mountie... You know, accosts our hero with a kiss, and they tie him up and take his clothing. So he's left in the old-timey jail in his underwear. He gets out, though. He then breaks free, and then there's this, like, yakety-sack-style chase sequence where he is after them, and three kind of, you know, unfortunate things happen to him. He lights a horse's fart on fire in his own face. And explodes in a barn. He falls headfirst into some cow dung, and then he electrocutes himself on a fence. Yeah. Meanwhile, our romantic couple get away. After stealing a motorcycle and then like kind of segueing into a musical sequence. Yes, the, the musical sequence that we were describing um, that our interval song sample is from. Taken out of context, it yeah. seems like a nice musical sequence. Seen in context, <laughs> it's the work of a Bonnie and Clyde duo. <laughs> yeah, it just, I don't know, it's, they're so very mean. And then, you know, they make their way to Calgary, where they rent a tandem bike that they ride back to Waterton. Which is a three and a half hour drive, but again, you know, we can't really dwell on the fact that time and space are being used in such a way, because I'm sure plenty of movies do the same thing we don't know, but yeah, it it does, it is a little bit irritating. It's ridiculous! Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. But it does, I think, make you realize how, you know... Your own culture and where you are from can be stereotyped. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Western films do this all the time with other cultures and other places. Yeah, so. every every person in Fra- in uh, Paris has a window that can see either the Arc de Triomphe or the uh, Eiffel Tower. They're all wearing berets and carrying around baguettes. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's visual shorthand. Um, uh, in the song, they dance with an Aboriginal group, which, you know... It's it, like they're not doing so under duress. No. So they're not appropriating it, but they are kind of uh, itemizing them, or yeah, not not othering them, but just sort of like, oh, here's some weird local color, huh? Yeah, a little. It being from Alberta and being very cognizant of issues around representation and appropriation of Aboriginals and Aboriginal culture. I think we found that scene a little problematic. It, yeah, it, you know, it, it seems like all the people there were there because they, you know, they're doing a kind of powwow style dance and having a good time. 
And it's not being done in some sort of Nanook of the North fashion. No. But still a little bit weird. Um, hopefully they got paid lots of money. At the very least, you actually see indigenous people, which... That's know, true. A lot of other films shot in Alberta, you don't. Unless, or, unless they're old-timey, Old West people. Yeah, or in the case of something like The Searchers, it's terribly racist. Yeah, so, so it's not racist, but it is a little bit objectifying. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's how we felt about it. As two white people. So. Um, yeah, overall, we really didn't care for this film. Uh, there's nothing overly interesting in the acting or the plot or the script. Um, yeah. But Alberta does look beautiful. It's it's worth watching that song that we use to watch yeah. it on YouTube. And I'll I'll link um, one of the other songs as well that that shows you know again our gorgeous landscapes. Yeah. So rather than and spending a nice high def digital camera, like it does, it yeah. looks good. Rather than spending an hour and a half watching the movie, spend maybe ten minutes watching the two songs and get on with your day. And watch Tasfir eight by ten Tasfir instead. Yeah. All right. Eight by ten Tasfir. Yeah. Crack a couple brews. It's not. Not the worst movie in the world. Well, it is Canada Day. So. Yeah, celebrated in the manner in which we become accustomed. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of our special Canada Day episode. We will be back in two weeks where we will be joined by my co-host on my weekly podcast, Trash Art the Movies, Paul Matwichek, to discuss two adaptations of the classic Bengali novella, Dev Death. So we'll be looking at Sanjay Leela Bansali's Dev Desk with Shah Rukh Khan, Ashwarya Rai, and Madhuri Dixit. And we'll be comparing that to Andy Wright Kashyap's kind of contemporary comedic take on Dev Desk, Dev D. So it's a very kind of um, trash writing movies type premise for yeah. us to do on Bollywood is for Lovers with Paul Matwichuk. It's a true crossover in that we are taking, you know, looking at Bollywood movies, which we do, and then the trash art divide, which you guys explore on your show. Yes, I'm really looking forward to having Paul on and see what he thinks of these films. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out on Audio Boom, where you might be listening to us now, or on iTunes, or on Google Play, or on Stitcher. <laughs> Just search Bollywood is for Lovers at any of those locations, mm-hmm. and you can, you know, sign up with us. Uh, we have a Tumblr, bollywoodisforlovers.tumblr.com. We have a Facebook page. Just look up Bollywood is for Lovers. We have a Twitter account, at BollywoodPod. We have my Twitter account, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. And I am at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a star rating and a review on iTunes. It really helps other people find the show as well as encourages us. And we'll read all reviews out on air. If you are not in Canada, please let us know. Send us a message on Facebook or on Twitter that you've left a review and which country, which country's iTunes store you left it at. Um, just so we can check that because we don't check out the countries every... Yeah. And if you are in Canada, enjoy the fireworks tonight and uh, yeah, try not to get too loaded. Thank you for listening.